1: Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you with us. My name is Jeremy Stoniker, here with Chad Robichaux, and uh, looking forward to a great conversation. Uh, We do our best on this show to do one thing, to provide you with the information and resources you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And this is a good time to do that because our culture is constantly changing. Rapidly. Uh, Rapidly changing. (laughs) And I, I think a lot of people, I know, you know, for me and my house and talking to the people that I talk to, it's, it's often very difficult to navigate that because we have opposing sides, we have politics involved, we have philosophies and thoughts. So we look at these issues and don't exactly know what to do with them. And so um, really our goal, I think, is very simple. It's to provide some resources, some perspectives, some thoughts on how those who are listening and watching can navigate these. And uh, this is an important time to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think even in our own home, right? Like you're you're saying with your with your kids, like my kids are
2: moving adulthood, and and uh, you know I appreciate the way they grew up, but I I got to see their whole life growing up compared yeah. to mine, and I'm like, right. if I could do anything, it'd be to wrap them in a time machine, yeah, like, right, not, right, to experience, right. you know, how different it was, uh, and I can't imagine
1: the next generation uh, of a well, know, and it's just kids. gotten so complex too, in spite of just these different issues. We talk about all these gender issues and just all the issues we were talking about, uh, the access to these through social media and the internet, and those were things we didn't have to deal with. I mean, these issues have existed, but you and I didn't have to deal with them when we were kids. No,
2: having, every kid having a cell phone and access right.
1: to everything. I mean, you yeah. could, you know, from just
2: being in constant communication, being constantly entertained, access to things like pornography, and right. it's all at a palm of their hand, and, right. uh, and uh, being desensitized by news. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, literally, like you could see a dinosaur walking down the street right now, and you just be like, "Oh, there's <laughs> a dinosaur!" Anyway, <laughs> not nothing would shock right. we'd, anyone. We'd
1: wonder do. why they didn't have a mask on. Though.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so you get kids, you get kids growing up with all this access, to and then, and then they're dealing with things like, I mean, last two years of COVID, and you get yeah. you got kids that think it's normal now right. to wear a mask, right? And uh, right, and breathe through a, you know a mask, right? And. Uh, and you know, man, it's just uh, so much changing so fast. And um, you know, in this topic yeah. that that we're talking about today is uh, is one of the one of many things that right. that is uh, you know shaping our culture and, and really infecting the minds of the next generation.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting too. I think the responses to things like you know what we'll talk about today, where we talk about wokeness, and particularly in, in Christianity. But it's interesting that different responses. If you're you know if you go to church and you're around Christian people there are some who will say we need to lean into this we need to change culture we need to confront this we need to stand up and and you know scream about it or whatever there are other people who just kind of think we need to go along with these things Um, you you have parents who say well i'm going to just do my best to isolate my family or insulate my family from all of that meaning i'm going to take them kind of out of culture i'm going to you know do things that will prevent them from even knowing about some of these things You kind of have the whole spectrum of response. Then
2: you get all you know, all the way to the other side of that is you got the ones that uh, even even Christian leaders, not just uh, going along with it, but embracing Embracing it, championing it, it, which is completely dangerous because you know where is culture supposed to go for truth in their communities? Uh, For you and I, we would say the church. Right. Uh, The church should be a place of truth, right? uh, Where it should be uh, nonpartisan of anything political. Yeah. I mean. Maybe something may seem political if the you know, church takes a position on pro-life. Well, that seems political when it's really not. It's a matter of, of a principle and a, and you know aligning with their biblical views. Right. But, some would even um, say common sense. Some would say common <laughs> sense, right? But uh, but I mean, you know, it's not about political parties or, or or even policy. It's just about what we believe to be biblical truths. Right. But someone in a community that's confused should be able to go to a church to be less confused to find truth but now there's uh, leaders in the church and say in the church not a particular church but in the church as a whole that are uh, embracing some of these things we talk about wokeness the wokeness in the the church like I I, man over the last few years I've been as a Christian I've been greatly disappointed Mm. with uh, leaders in the Christian faith some pastors that I know personally some pastors I highly respect I've respected over the years and learned from seeing how they responded to things. I mean, when, when the BLM thing started, the black lives matter movement started seeing pastors recklessly and hastily hitch their wagon of their church to BLM movement without even taking five minutes to go on their website and Google BLM.com or black lives com and see that, on their website, their goals was to eliminate the nuclear family, uh, take take the fathers out of homes, right. to right. attack, uh, to deliberately attack heterosexual right. people. They call I mean, themselves trained Marxist. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and they're, this, they're and not this, even running from it. No, they're just so blatant about what yeah. they were doing. And churches, pastors got up on, in, in their pulpit and told their congregation, this yeah. is what we're gonna get behind. Right. That is not truth. Uh, right at all. And if, if wokeness is supposed to be about discovering the truth, then they are way off
1: the mark. Right. We, uh, you know, in our kind of day job, we run a veterans organization and we help men and women who are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, combat mm-hmm. stress or military-related issues. And we do that from a, a faith posi- faith position, um, a biblical perspective on on life. And we take the Bible, we apply that to life, and we posit that if you learn how to apply what the Bible says to your life, then so many of these issues that have control over you will just fall away. It's not that they're not there, that your past doesn't exist. But you now have a guide to follow, right? And one of the classes we teach um, in our men's programs on on manhood, you know this, but for those watching and listening, (laughs) is on uh, being a man. What does it mean to be a man? When did you become a man? We ask that question. We talk about why it is that um, the role of men in society is so confusing. There are so many people that are confused. And one of the statements we make in there is that it's confusing because the church, (laughs) and that's Christian people, have watered down their own understanding or misunderstood what the Bible says about it. So when you take away the standard, Mm -hmm. this is what the Bible says about what it means to be a man. On the other side, this is what the Bible says about what it means to be a woman. When you remove the standard, then there's so much confusion that now anything's on the table. And that's what we're seeing with this wokeness stuff. They can't
2: clearly define it.
1: We've removed the standard. Mm -hmm. So there's no definition. So now uh, we need to grasp at whatever we can that feels right, seems right, that's yeah. what everyone else is talking about, and that's what we're going to go after. Well, I mean, the, you, the definition
2: of wokeness, you yeah. defined it earlier. Yeah,
1: I looked it up because I wasn't sure. We were talking about what does it mean to be woke. Yeah. So the, the dictionary definition of woke, alert to injustice in society, especially racism. Right. So I mean, don't think that's what most people who use it mean, but that's you know, what the dictionary says it is.
2: I, I, think when, I think when I hear someone say woke, I think they feel like they've been enlightened.
1: Like they 've right. they've been, right. been
2: enlightened like they feel like they discovered some
1: yeah.
2: hidden truth that uh now they know something that they didn 't know before and now they they 're awoke yeah. and they 're going to uh, you know be most of the time be activists yeah. for that for that w- wokeness right. and uh but the thing about but where Christians should never buy into this is we already know the truth we're right. we're right. we 're not enlightened we 're not awoke we the Bible is the truth, not our opinions not our emotions not how we feel, not how somebody rouses us up. But the Bible was the truth, and and look, you, you, you were a Christian. Uh, but I think you came out. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a little while after yeah. that, but yes, yes, you, I've been a Christian you, for a long time. You were born like with the Bible in your hand. I, I've been a Christian for a long time, yes. <laughs> uh, not not for, that not that long, but a long time.
2: So, but for me, like you know, I had discovered Christ as a teenager. I never lived that life because I didn't have, wasn't discipled, and then, you know, it went until later on in my life till you know almost twenty years later, yeah. uh, almost thirty. 34 years old at the time before I really uh, became a Christian Mm -hmm. and started to align my life to the life that I believe God created me to live. And and what I discovered in that process, for me personally, uh, and those who know my story heard me talk before, probably have heard me say this, but what I discovered was that the things in my life that had happened to me, the things I was dealing with, um, those things didn't change just because I became a Christian. I still got angry. I still felt anxiety. I still felt even depression, even though yeah. I had a fire and passion for God in my life at the time. I still got you know, frustrated. All these things I still dealt with. The difference now was that I was able to respond to them differently right. because I had a biblical model on which to respond to. And so by aligning my life to this biblical truth, making decisions based on this biblical truth, yeah. I found... Uh, you know, restoration of my life and yeah. and, and found productivity and, and just a healthier life. Uh, you know, the Christian life. Right. And uh, and you know, there's a lot of places before that though that I went out looking for those answers, and they all fell short. And so where I really you know had this issue with the wokeness in the Christian churches. These are people that know they have the truth. Right. But they're saying we need to look elsewhere right. outside the church for it. Right. right. There's another solution. We have to get behind this community. There's another solution. So, kind of a two part here. I think one just- I gotta say though When I say get behind this community, I don't mean like with the BLM like I don't mean get behind black people because mostly this wasn't black people doing the BLM thing.
1: It um, was Bo- right, right, woke right sure. Woke <laughs> people, right? Woke people, right. right? It
2: wasn't just. Right. So this wasn't. This isn't a race thing. Well, it was. A,
1: it's. It's been kind of a a recreation of the civil rights movement of the '60s, right? Which, you know, we could argue we have problems now, but we certainly had problems then. I mean, we had uh, segregation. We had so many very apparent, very real issues, and there were some leaders that stood up, black and white, that stood up, and. Work through that and and what a what a difficult what a terrible time you see videos of of you know small kids going to newly integrated schools yeah. and the price that was paid for that well we got this this new kind of BLM this this wokeness stuff not just BLM but the wokeness stuff and it's almost like we're harkening back to that like yeah like we missed that somehow or we yeah. wish we could be a part of that and so um yeah it's, it's a very strange thing but so but that leads me to this what what do you it's manipulating compassion because right? my, my I see that
2: and i hate I hate racism sure. human slavery right. racism right. like those are things that I really hate uh and I look back at those things and I get emotionally stirred by them i look I watch back like uh you know in days of slavery and sure. stuff like that yep. but I'm also proud of our country for overcoming those things for working through that for working through those things and we did on both sides i mean you know how many how many people did we lose in the civil war? To free uh,
1: to overcome slavery in this country right, and you know we don 't like to talk about this, but they would be those who were uh, on the conservative side of the political spectrum, right and these were people who understood because we 're conservatives what we understand is freedom, and that freedom should apply equally across the board yeah so so as a country we 've made that stand, but where, where we are now, what is it that draws people now we 're talking outside of the church, so outside of Christianity what is it that causes young people what is it that causes you know <laughs> i guess older people too um to to latch onto this we were just watching a video earlier um from Dan Cathy the uh, current CEO of Chick-fil-A and and he he talked about how as you know as white folks as white people we should feel guilt and we should feel remorse for what's happened in the past and we need to make uh how we feel known about that and it's this it's like this i need to feel bad for who i am uh, what what is it that that causes that why are people bad. in the streets talking about that what, as a christian, what is
2: it as a christian you can i can't see how you could buy into that and i'm really i was really sad for him that he said that and and, and kind of embarrassed him for right. saying that because as a christian i believe i was perfectly and wonderfully created by a creator and uh, God didn't make any mistakes when he made the color of my skin and I should not live in shame sure I've never owned a slave I don't know anyone that's owned a slave uh, uh, I don't know any slaves right. I've seen slavery right all around the world I've seen right. slavery right I've traveled around the world to 60 countries and I've seen slavery yep. but I've never seen slavery in America And uh, and if there is slavery in America then we need to go after it. And, and if question, there's ill treatment of people, <laughs>
1: right. regardless of their race or background, right. we need to stand up, regardless Absolutely. of their gender. Absolutely, we need yeah. to stand up. I think the very first, you and I have done, you know, a few different shows. We have what we call the Mighty Oak Show. I think one of the very first episodes we ever did was on transgenderism in the military. Yeah. And we talked about then, you know, we as Christians believe that's wrong, but as Americans— people have the right to do what they, they right, yeah. what they do and that there should be no persecution for choosing to do something i disagree right. with um now if yeah you so you asked a question i didn't
2: answer you asked where do i think it comes from and why are young people or older people influenced by this right. it, it's not by accident it's i i i am convinced it's a very deliberate uh scheme to rile a group of people up for a political motive uh and so, so, I, so there's
1: there's outside people agitators yes who are going after but but what's the apart from the agitator what's motivating the people who are being agitated who are being emotionally manipulated into doing that what what's causing them to respond to that well i, I just think there's they are they're, they're so brilliantly
2: manipulated and they buy into it i mean uh, i mean if you're not paying attention you're trying to find out truth and you're watching News and social media and, and, and getting sucked into these movements, and not educating yourself, then your emotional your emotions are going to get you caught up in these so movements. It, it, we could Especially say if you're a person that, like a young person, like that, I mean, young people are influenceable, They're passionate yeah. and they want to change the world. They want to leave their mark in the world. I, I was that way. I am that way still to this day. I haven't grown out of it, and I probably won't ever grow right. out of it. If I see a, if I see a need or a or a, a wrong, yeah. I want to right that wrong. I want right. to meet that need. I'm passionate about it. I think mean, a difference and a, a Pat myself on the back here, is that I'm going to educate myself before right, I act. Right. And uh, and I, a lot of young people in our country right now don't educate themselves before they act. They listen to what they're told, and uh, you know, it, and I believe it's intentional manipulation. And it all comes down to political control of people uh, for Marxism and uh, communism, which is a you know weapon around the world uh, right. for governments and, and cultures around the world to infiltrate a culture, you have to divide the people. And uh, for a long time now, that has been you know a tool in our country to divide Americans yeah. by political party, by race, by ethnicity, and classes, you can't right. say hey, they yeah, different ethnic groups. I mean, the people, they want to divide us in as many yeah. groups as we can, and so if you buy into that, um, if you buy into that, you're gonna, you know, hate your right. fellow man. You're gonna have this division, and it's all fueled for political yeah. control. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people that know, that have followed me might think I'm a I'm a Republican because I'm very conservative, uh, but actually I don't subscribe to any political party. Uh, I I don't pick based on party. I'm never gonna vote because it's an RRD. I'm gonna vote based on policy. Yeah. Uh, now it just so happens that the policies and uh, more for me align with. You know, on the R side, on the Republican side, but I think, I'm not, I'm think not, more
1: I'm, is the operative word there. Yeah, yeah, it's not 100. Not 100 right. They're more closely but, aligned to but what. But I,
2: I would never yeah. consider myself a Republican or, or be to any party. However, I will say, historically looking backwards, as someone that hates racism, as someone that hates division, yep. as someone that hates seeing people held down, yeah. the one of the things I dislike about the Democratic Party is the oppression of people, particularly historically uh sure. racial oppression to people right. through crime bills, right. through uh segregation, historically and it's well documented this it's is well opinion yeah this is right. in my opinion, yeah it's yeah. well documented. And it seems to continue. Uh I mean right now one of the most racist things I think that does exist, you want to talk about racist things that actually does exist right now, is telling black people that they cannot get a Vote that they they, they uh, should not have to get an ID to vote
1: because they're, because incapable, they're incapable of getting it. Right.
2: That's the, the most racist it's thing I've heard. Yeah. I've, I mean, t- you know, for someone that thinks I'm, you know, that watches me, I've been called racist before. Uh, my two, my main <laughs> two mentors in my life are two black men right. that I highly respect and they're right. very successful in life. And that's my right. main two two people that I would say my my closest mentors, uh, or, or probably of, of the three or four mentors in yeah. my life. Two of them are, and. uh, you know, I was talking to them about this and they they think they're like, that is the most racist (laughs) thing to say that I'm not smart enough to go get an ID card to vote. Like we should have ID cards to vote, but, but they use it as a racist tool to divide people and cause hate amongst us against a fellow, fellow, fellow man. And it's, you know, and I think, I think the, the weapon against this is education. People need to think for themselves, stop believing what they are being told. Don't believe me. Uh, I'm definitely very conservative. I'm on one side of the argument, uh, but don't believe,
1: you know, Someone uh, to the opposite side, find out for yourself. This is important stuff. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at mightyoaksprograms.org. And I think that's, you know, we can come to that place when we realize that, you know, people who fall, let's, let's because we're talking about them, let's say those who support the Black Lives Matter organization, now, clearly Black Lives Matter. Of course <laughs> when do, We're yeah. talking about the, the organization when we talk about that. So those who support the Black Lives Matter organization, uh, by and large, are not Marxists. By and large, are not trying to destroy the family. By and large, they're people who have compassion. They're misinformed. They're consuming the wrong news, the wrong information. And so they've allowed themselves to be taught that there is a problem an injustice, and they need to stand up against that. So I, I think it's it's important for us to, to come to the point where we can realize there are those manipulators, yeah. there are users, the, the leadership of BLM have taken millions and millions of dollars of the money that was donated to them and and personally gained from that. Yeah. Which it, it, so, and- so there are those people, yeah. there are politicians, there are others who seek to control uh, the masses who seek to divide. But if we're ever going to move forward together, we have to do that by looking and going, you have a different opinion than me, but you're driven by compassion. You're driven by your belief, your philosophy, what you view in in man. And those things are and so things. And so am yeah. I. And so we can have different opinions, but yeah. still realize you're not evil for not believing what i believe no we right. just look at the world different, right. and that's okay and it doesn't make us a racist and it doesn't make us racist and it and it doesn't make you know you <laughs> who supports BLM a marxist right uh, it means yeah. that we we are viewing what's happening right now very different because of the information that we're receiving and when i say educate yourself
2: i, I think right now like everybody looks at i'll use the two major ones right like people would say like okay you watch CNN, CNN, I watch Fox News. Yeah. I, you know, that's not what I'm talking about uh, because they're all messed up. <laughs> right. All, I right. mean, I, 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 I have no faith in, I have as little faith in CNN as I do Fox News and vice right. versa. Like, right. I mean, um, there's a few shows I like on Fox. I don't think there's any shows I like on CNN, <laughs> but I, I don't, I certainly don't like all the shows on Fox and I don't right. trust them. Uh, I do my own research. Uh, especially if it's an issue that yeah. I'm going to take personal action right. on. Right, I do, I do. I do my research. And, and we,
1: we, we have to. And one of the reasons, you know, we're on Salem Network and one of the reasons I love Salem is because of people like Dennis Prager and yeah. Sebastian Gorka and other people who have the ability and we've talked to to them and uh, Dinesh D'Souza, others who can sit down and go, let's actually look at the issue. Yeah. Let's he, look at the history around this. Let's yeah. make good decisions instead of just, um, you know, being a political, you know, pundit. And I'm—I've got a position. I don't care what the information is. I'm going to go after that. Let's actually sit down and have an intellectual conversation around right. these things. And
2: that's important. It's truly really important. And the people you mentioned—that's, you know—that's uh, why I have such respect for you know those those other hosts on on Salem is, they uh, they're people that actually are brilliant minds. They, they actually know are, what
1: they're talking about. Yeah, right. who have
2: spent time yeah. researching what they're talking about and not just saying it because it's the right yeah. thing to say for their. Agenda or their political party they're aligned with, Uh, they're saying it uh, because it's the because it's true, right? Uh, And they at least the best of their knowledge they've been able to obtain is the truth.
1: And that's you know you know I've had a lot of conversations about this as it relates to this show. Uh, The best way to get a following quickly is to be as controversial as as possible, right? (laughs) But we've decided that what we want to have is a show that that is helpful. One that says, here are the sides, here are the issues. And we have a perspective, obviously. Yeah. It's not a secret that we have a you know very conservative bent. But we want to put everything on the table, have guests on who can help us navigate some of these things. And, and man, it's so important that we have real conversations about real things instead of simply saying you're, you know, evil <laughs> if you <laughs> believe something different than what yeah, I believe. I like
2: you. So, you know, in the topic of, of wokeness in Christianity...
1: Yeah, so bringing it uh, back to Christianity, yeah. right?
2: You, you were a pastor. Right. Um, uh, you were a senior pastor of a church and you've been an associate pastor. How should, the, how should yeah. these pastors have handled this, uh, this woke movement over the last few years? So
1: that's, you know, and that's why I wanted to start with the question of generally, why do people get behind something like this? Because I think it's, it's people that don't have a guide, that don't have a standard, we'll call them secular, people who are outside of Christianity, they want to do what's right. There's something in them that wants to stand up for people that maybe some of them feel guilt, but a lot of people just don't like injustice. And so they're latching onto this thing, and it's compassion that's driving them. Maybe they look at what they have, and they're thankful for what they have, and they feel bad about others who don't have the same, and so they want to do something about that. I look at that, and then I look at people in the church. And I think that, within the context of you know the church, and as you mentioned, that's not a local church, but uh, you know that's the churches we'll, we'll say Christian people um, I think the motivation is very much the same, I think as Christians, if we believe what the Bible says and we read particularly the Gospels where we we have so much teaching on love and compassion and um, doing for those that can't do for themselves and helping those who can't help themselves, and we read those things in the Bible um we want to end oppression. We want to end injustice. And this is borne out throughout history. The, the most freedom for women, the most pe- freedom for uh, people of color, the most re- freedom for you know all of these groups that we talk about right now in the world, the most freedom in the world is found in the United States. Why? Yes. Because we were founded on Christian principles that value what's ensconced in the Declaration of Independence that we have freedom and liberty given to us by God. It's an inalienable right. It was given by God, not by man. Right. So we have this natural tendency to lean into that and say, well, that's what we want. And so we sent missionaries around the world. We sent aid organizations around the world. More donor dollars go to uh, other countries from the United States than anywhere else in the world because we're compassionate people. So that's the starting point. But if we don't take what we learn about compassion (laughs) and wrap it in the context of the rest of Scripture, Mm -hmm. then we're going to end up in the wrong place. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus talks about um, truth and love. These two things are together. Uh, Too much truth is extremely harsh if it's Mm -hmm. without love. But love without truth, grace without truth, um, is, is really meaningless. It misses the, the structure and the context of what Jesus was talking about and what the Bible gives to us. And so um, I look at churches and I look at Christian people who, who grab onto this, and I understand their heart. But the role of the pastor, the Apostle Paul talks about this, and you know, so clearly in Acts chapter 20, where he talks about shepherding the flock and shepherding uh, the people that Christ gave his blood for. The the role of the pastor is to faithfully apply scripture to what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that churches have And not aligning with the world. And not and not <laughs> aligning with the world. Right. It's it's measuring the world against Scripture, not Scripture against the World. Right. And so we have biblically illiterate people in our churches mm-hmm because they have not been taught the Bible. And since they've not been taught the Bible, they don't know how to act. So what should the church have done? That was the question. Um, And this has happened in a lot of places, but in the churches where it hasn't happened, um, what should happen is a pastor should open the Bible and ask the question, uh, what does the Bible say about racism? What does the Bible say about our response to injustice? What does the Bible say? And walk through those issues. And the Bible has much to say about it. But instead of that, the immediate response, um, it's been disappointing in in some places. And, you know, pastors like you said that I've respected for a long time. They immediately grabbed onto this because I think they don't want to be viewed as not caring. Right. And so they're willing to just let some things slide so they can take a stance that says, oh, we're against bad things too. Yeah. And, and, you know,
2: unfortunately, and I I hate that I'm going to say this. But unfortunately... I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway because it's just true. I hate that I'm I'm going to say it because I hate that it needs to be said. Right. But I think a large part of it is disingenuous and fake. Uh, I I don't... Oh, I... I,
1: No, that's why when I say they don't want to be viewed as not caring, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's, It's fake because they'll stand up for these loud issues, the issues that everybody's stomping their feet about, but real issues... they're not standing up for. So they're going to stand up and say, you know, something related to to BLM. Meanwhile, there's real slave trade happening right now. The same people that sold slaves that came to America, they're they're still selling slaves in Africa, right? People are being, human beings, regardless of what color they are, but in this case, I'm talking about they are black, they're being sold. Sure. And and, and no one's speaking about that on a Sunday morning. Uh, Right. And, these me too people and the people that's walked around hollywood wearing these women body part looking pink hats right, right? <laughs> where are right. they now right while we have 20 million women and little girls in afghanistan sure. that are immediately uh sex slaves right right and, and and the pastors that got up and and pounded the pulpit about me too and how disgusting it was, and how right. disgraceful it was. Right. They don't dare have the courage and the spine right. to talk about these little girls in Afghanistan right now, and these women in Afghanistan, because they don't want to be viewed right. as political or speak against the White House right now. Yeah. And it's a lack of courage and spinelessness, and, it, and it's just like I said, it's, it's so disingenuous and just fake, uh, manufactured outrage. It, that it's not real, and it's, it's hard to get behind them. And I just, I just can't stand well, by and as by Christians.
1: This. Leaders, as Christian people, leaders. and you know, particularly church leaders, you have to live your life according to Scripture, so that when an issue like what's happened in the last year arises culturally, you're not trying to figure out what to do. No. I don't. I, I shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't be trying to figure out. Oh man, am I going to take the Bible and deal with this with my church, or am I just going to talk about how in favor we are of oppressed peoples? What are we going to do? This, this should be a, a new issue that you need to deal with the same way you've been dealing with every other issue. Um, you yeah, know, ra- yeah uh, racism. Oh yeah, we've been dealing with yeah, that. Yeah, we've been talking over, about we've,
2: that. We've been we've been we've been over in, in Burma because the Burmese people are being right. are being persecuted through a genocide. We've been doing that. We've been supporting we've been that do- through Dave Eubanks at Free Burma Rangers for years. Right. Right. That's what we've been doing about this. We have got
1: a, a friend here, um, you know, locally. We're recording in California today, but. Um, locally, Brian Bell, who's a pastor of a church here, yes. and we're friends. Yeah. And he spends—I I don't know if it's half of his year—it seems like it—in um, Thailand and in a lot of other places, fighting genocide, fighting genocide. <laughs> genocide, fighting sex <laughs> yeah. trafficking, fighting yeah. those things.
2: So the issue of racism comes up. So he's like, yeah. "This <laughs> is
1: this is what we do," and he teaches very faithfully on it. And you know, and he does it, and he has a church that gets behind it and supports it. That's what churches should do. Yes. In. in in moments of peace, in moments of relative tranquility, (laughs) in moments of clarity, they need to preach the word. In moments where things are in turmoil and in chaos, they need to preach the word. And what we're reaping now is the fruit of several decades, a generation Mm -hmm. of not doing that. And it is possible (laughs) to love people, to Work to free the oppressed, to uh, do your very best to end injustice while also hanging on to the Bible, and why it is that we have the Word of God that is the Creator's Word to us that tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're made in the image of God. In Galatians, there is neither Greek nor Hebrew, there's neither bonds nor free, there's neither male nor female, that before the eyes of God, and there are roles, we could talk about that, but before the eyes of God, there is equality. Mm. We have the Bible that teaches us these things, where do we think this comes from? And yet we somehow think we need to divorce ourselves from Scripture Mm. in order to engage in culture. And what we need to do is get back and say, you know the source of all this? It's the Bible. And if we would do that, we'd make a difference. You know, I
2: I think as a pastor, like if I was a pastor doing this, hitching my church's wagon to, to one of these woke movements. You have to know that this isn't gonna win people for Christ, I and mean, these people aren't gonna respect you because they they're they're not to, they're they're, gonna they are they are not going to they going to use you they want use everyone else yeah they want you to come on board yeah. they they want you to be on their side they want you to be a champion for them, but you're not winning them to the gospel by by doing that no. they know you're hollow they know your words are hollow <laughs> right <laughs> because it's not because it's based on words and at, at that moment not not action
1: well, I, 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 people I mean, are looking for truth. I, I, and they're not finding it. Just yeah. just the, the individuals are looking for truth. And they're not looking for an, a, a collection of people who meet at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning who think exactly like everyone out in culture who's screaming about some apparent injustice. This is what's ridiculous. We know <laughs> that there are men and there are women. We know that. Mm-hmm. It, it's apparent. It's clear. And yet, even churches are buying into this idea that we shouldn't put people in that kind of a box. We shouldn't uh, agree with what Scripture says. We need to be kind and compassionate. Kind and compassionate says, we love you. We'll take care of you. We're going to help you. We're going to teach you. But it's compassionate to say, What you believe there, that's not reality. That's not true. Was it in the beginning he created him, male and female he created them? (laughs) Right. Uh, There was just two. It's very clear. (laughs) But that's just one example, and there are so many other examples throughout Scripture. It's not loving to disregard or set aside the truth Mm. so that we don't hurt your feelings. Sometimes feelings need to be hurt. I I, um, have a podcast, and on my my other podcast, um, I talked about being a warrior, how Jesus Christ came as a warrior and he is a warrior, there was a comment on there um, just yesterday <laughs> it said, uh, God did not call us to be warriors, he called us to love our neighbors, and then in you know, all caps with a lot of exclamation points, uh, there was a statement you need to read your Bible, that was a comment to me but I think that's what a lot of i just
2: say, for the record, Jeremy does read his Bible quite,
1: <laughs> a, quite a bit. But that's, what, but that's what a lot of Christian people believe, right? If you're talking about standing up for truth and standing up for right and, you know, using language like be a warrior. Uh, I forget what the number is right now, but the number of times God was called a warrior in the Old Testament. And the number of times Jesus is referred to as a Lord or, you know, we would use the word warrior. It's amazing. Someone needs to read their Bible. But that thinking is... Compassion equals not doing anything that would be confrontational, and um, as churches, we need to get back to a place where we understand grace and truth, love and truth, they work together.
2: I got I got the same comment recently. I put a I put a meme up on me and it had a it had. It had Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, and it had, a, it had a little purple wig on, and it. it said Rudolph changed his name to Rolanda, and then he won all the male reindeer or oh, the female reindeer games, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, one of my family members did not think it was funny, sure. and uh, said I was as a as a Christian leader and as someone as a, yep. a following that I should be more insensitive and I should be consider people's feelings, and uh, and then this person who, you know, not too favorable of my faith. Started quoting scripture to me, and how I should love my neighbor. Right. And I said, sometimes loving your neighbor yeah. is, is saying the hard things. Right. And uh, and and sometimes the hard things is just speaking truth. Right. And uh, and you know, loving your neighbor doesn't mean making the world a happier place and making right. them feel good. Because sometimes making people feel good and pandering to people is the worst thing you can possibly do That's for right. them.
1: Yeah. yeah, if if my yeah. neighbor's house was on fire in the middle of the night, the compassionate thing to do would be to just let them sleep because it's bad to wake people up in the middle of the night. Yeah, but there's not much truth much truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> you you wake them up, and that's the hard thing to do. It's uncomfortable, but their house is on fire, and they need to know that. Yeah, and we've got a whole culture that's on fire right but now. But what and they, needs to what know they it. do with it is on them, right? But what, just, what they do with it, is, yeah, they yeah. can <laughs> be upset. You know, you 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 woke me up, and I'll say, well, I, I thought you'd want to be you know not burning your house, um, but. We have a whole yeah. culture that's on fire and they want to be left asleep because it's it's uncomfortable to have yeah. a real conversation. Yeah. And while that's fine in culture at large, I guess, as Christians we have a responsibility to know what the Bible says yeah. and to live our lives according to that and, and do it kindly, do it compassionately, do it faithfully, um, do it with you know good research and information and data. Yeah. Uh, but. Do what's right and speak the truth. And you know, the Bible says when Jesus came he he divided. <laughs> and, yeah. and why is that? The kindest, most compassionate person we've ever, you know, had come and walk on the earth, he exhibited that to yeah. us, created so much division and so much hate and so much chaos. Why? Because he was truth. He's yeah, speaking truth.
2: And, and you know and it's not always about that person too. Like for example, I'll go back to my Rolanda.
1: Poor boy, haired yeah, Rudolph, Rudolph, meme. I can tell you're really hurt by, by that response.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, you know, if Rolanda wants to win the sure, win the the sure. female reindeer games, that's that's on uh, him, her. It's on uh, Santa his, for his, it They, happen, they, I think. they, whatever. Yeah, Santa let Rolanda's, it happen. So. W- w- but I'm worried about all the other little female yeah, reindeers right, right, right. <laughs> who didn't get to win the games. Like, I'm, I'm, for me, like, I want to speak up for that. Injustice as right. well to these right. and so you know I, I think some of these things they all have two sides and we're picking and choosing yeah, we're picking, yeah. I yeah. mean uh, so you can't say that don't oppress R- Rolanda yeah but uh, but we're going to oppress all the little little right. female reindeers right <laughs> I'm using this right. yeah. overusing this metaphor here uh, I don't even know if there were female reindeer. It's <laughs> one of the weird
1: things about the story but yeah yeah maybe but,
2: <laughs> I mean I, it just it's, it's such a uh, kind of kind of thing for me that I get so upset when I think of because I'm an athlete and yeah. I've, I've trained as an athlete yeah. since I was five years old and I've seen how hard I worked my whole life and I think of these little girls that trained started training when they were five years old they worked their whole life to get a college scholarship and now some dude who couldn't win yeah. you know junior varsity right. so switch over to be, it takes her scholarship right. or her shot for the Olympics right. you know and, and one it's not fair Right. And two, it's not safe. I mean, there's been many females that have been hurt in this. Right. And uh, so who's speaking up for them?
1: Well, it's not justice. It's not justice. You say you're standing up for justice. Well, justice and equality is, you know, equal. It's right there in the word. Yeah. <laughs> it's equality. Yeah. And, and it should be equally distributed. That's justice. Not fairness. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about, you know, everyone having the same outcome. But everyone should have the same opportunity and that's and, something that's been missed. And
2: this is, you know, back to, you know, the wokeness of Christianity uh, as we're in this woke movement. Yeah. Christians and particularly Christian leaders and church leaders should have the courage to stand up and speak up for this stuff.
1: And I, I Post think... Post
2: the Rolanda meme. <laughs> <laughs> <It was missing.
1: laughs> Post your own version of the Rolanda meme. I, I, uh, I'll stop. <laughs> I, I think if if we're going to move forward as Christians and I think that Christians should be the influencers of society. I forget... We've interviewed someone, I can't remember who it was, that made the statement that we always talk about, um, you know, the church being downstream of culture, and that needs to change. And certainly it does, but if it's going to change, it's going to change because, you know, we'll start influencing culture as Christians when we take the Bible seriously and when we take the time to disciple, to train that generation that's going to carry this forward. Um, We're going to be out of here at some point. Our kids are going to stand up and have to carry the ball forward, and they're not going to have any idea how to do that if we are not right now investing in them. What we're reaping now is the fruit of the, the seeds that were planted 40, 50 years ago. And what the next generation will reap are the fruit of the seeds that we're planting right now. So that's the question. We're at this place, right, mm-hmm. where we have to decide what, what are we going to plant because that's what's going to be uh, reaped in the, in the very near future.
2: As we opened, we talked about you know one of our opening statements was talking about the constant shifting culture, yeah, right? Right. And if we teach our kids that we shift and move with the culture, they're never going to be anchored to anything. That's right. Uh, That's right. They have to understand that you know the Bible uh where their life should be anchored to. Right. And regardless of uh, you know what shifts in culture, they're always going to be. The steadfast. Bible does not change. The Bible does not change, yeah. and their their life will be steady because of it. I mean, yeah. uh, You know, look around, look around through history the people that were steady, and the worst of times
1: in, you know, in this world. You've got to hang on to something and, and yeah, hanging on to the unchangeable, never-shifting uh, you know, Scripture, the Word of God. Is, yeah. that, that is the only place. Yeah. So we talk about wokeness. You know, culture is culture, and it is changing. It will change. It does change. People are um, sinful <laughs> and selfish and confused. That's a part of it. But as Christians, we do have the truth, and we need to hang on to the truth.
2: And it, and, it, and I'll close. I know we we're kind of wrapping up here, but it, it's backfiring on some of these companies that have went woke sure. Uh, sure. And, and churches. It's a, the saying: you go woke, you go broke. Uh, <laughs> some some companies yeah. are, have have uh went woke, and uh, that's right. And the bottom line is, has reflected it. I mean, yeah. Nike's been one of them. I know Coke got rid of the polar bear because he was white. I like the polar bear. Sure, maybe they'll bring him back. <laughs> but, uh, maybe you'll find his way I home. I mean, I mean, people are not okay with this. I mean, people look at it as like one. Again, one thing it's disingenuous. If you yeah. really, you know, you're just pandering to people and make it's not real. And right. uh, people are, on both sides, I think, are insulted by that. And uh, and and people just don't want to support companies that behave that way. And particularly as a member, as as a congregation of churches and churches, yeah. churches function on tithe, the tithing of their of sure. their of their church body. And uh, you know, if you're in a church and you start seeing this, I mean, you're gonna. You, yeah, there's enough. There's enough doors of churches shutting down this
1: country. Well, it's, um, it's happening even with some big churches. I mean, I've got some. Some number, of them need to shut down. By the way, I, I've got some numbers <laughs> of very large churches that, um, you know, post COVID and all that stuff. Have lost thousands of folks coming to church because of how they've responded in a, in a woke manner. Uh, I'll tell you though. Yeah, I mean, because of the mask, right? Like, uh, or or switching to online and not letting on people online, in. not going back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I'm, shift has has <clears throat> has happened. Unfortunately, the people who move from a woke church <laughs> to one that's not, people that go from a church that doesn't preach the Bible to one that does, are people that are solid. Those aren't the people we're talking about, right? The unfortunate part of all of this well, is that the ones I'm who about, leave... well am the actual church, so though. Well, be, yeah, the church, the church will be hurt. Yeah. But that's maybe, a decision they make, and there's yeah, a consequence. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the people who leave will never find another church because they assume that this is what church is about. Yeah, it's exactly. not real, that's as you mentioned. It's church, right. It's, it's disingenuous. It's fake. fake. And, and I might as well just do my best. So you've caused more harm than good to the people's
2: lives and eternities. Eternity, Yep. Yeah, so that moral of the whole episode today, go, go woke, go broke. Go
1: woke, go broke. <laughs> you can be a church and go woke and yep. go broke. Yep. Although I've seen the line at Chick-fil-A, and it doesn't look like they've suffered much. No, that Chick-fil-A
2: piece really, really bothered me, and I, I was a Chick-fil-A fan, especially of their drive through uh, Right, <laughs> uh, I'm, st- I'm still a fan of whoever whoever manages their drive-through process. They I do always a good say job. I always say whoever whoever manages to drive-through yeah, should manage the government. They're not woke. No, they're not woke.
1: They're not woke. <laughs> that 16-year-old kid out there with that headset
2: on. But the CEO, with, what's his name again? Dan
1: Cathy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Man, I'm so sad to see that. That just it broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, it's just the wrong message. I, I get the sentiment behind it, but he was so off message and, and uh, you know. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm. Not black. I'm white, but but I'm uh, but I'm short, I'm short. Right. So that's my. <laughs> so my, you've uh,
1: suffered a lot of uh, persecution. I've uh, so su- suffered
2: a lot of persecution. If somebody came to me and I'm and, sure uh, people
1: who have suffered real racial persecution yeah. will. I mean, will I mean, think you can relate to them. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I don't. Re- I, I can't relate, but but. I've suffered a lot of short jokes in my life. Sure, sure. But for him to go over and shine Lecrae's shoes and say he bought 1,500 brushes for people to shine black people's shoes, I'd imagine some black people would be pretty offended by that. And like being short, if somebody came and said, I really feel bad for all the short jokes you endured your whole life, why don't you get a hop up on my shoulders?
1: Right, sure, (laughs) sure. Come on, little guy, hop up on my shoulders. Right. I'd pick them up and drop them <laughs> on their head, man. I'd be upset. They'd be short. <laughs> look, look it up from the ground.
2: It's, uh, I mean, it's pandering. It's it's disingenuous. Right. And, uh, and and I don't I don't think uh, black people probably appreciate it.
1: Well, and the message is you can be a Christian, you can hang on to the truth of the Word of God, yeah. and you can still be kind and helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> and provide a guide and a rock that people can hang on to. And that's yeah. where we need to get back to. And I, I think, you know, for the purposes of, of our conversation and those who listen to this show... It's it's that. That's what we want to communicate. And whatever the conversation is, that's what we want to communicate is there is a standard. And, and you need to get back to the standard. And if you'll hang on to the standard, then, you know, life may be difficult. There may be some ups and downs, certainly, and people that disagree with you. But you'll know what you should do, where you should go, how you should think, and how you should educate a generation of people that are coming up behind you. Yeah. And, uh, man, what a gift it is to have that and what a tragedy is to set it aside and just just kind of walk through the dark and try to figure things out
2: yeah yeah absolutely I'm thankful for it
1: I'm thankful for it and uh, we all really should be so go out and read your bible Um, woke is broke woke is broke go woke go broke Yep. Instead of going woke, read your Bible. And keep, doesn't, and keep,
2: and keep Rolanda but out of the female keep, reindeer games. Keep
1: Rolanda away. So many good lessons today. So yep. much good stuff. Oh man! With all that in mind, uh, I hope this helped to you. Uh, really, just having these conversations is helpful, and, and parsing through some of this is—it's it, it, very overwhelming because we're being fed all the time.
2: Inten- its a machine intentionally designed to, you know, stir and divide and uh,
1: and manipulate. And, uh, and you have to be aware of it. Uh, thankfully, Hebrews tells us that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharp and cuts, and uh, we need that to cut through a lot of what we're dealing with. So, I hope this helped to you, and I uh, look forward to uh, this uh, conversation continuing. I'm sure it will. I don't think wokeness is going away. Nope. And we'll continue to work through it. And uh, we've got some great people coming on in the next couple of weeks to help us do that. As
2: dark as it gets, darkness can't put out light, no. It cannot put that, out light. It
1: The truth will always shine through. The truth will shine through. Yeah. Hang on to that. Have hope. There's a lot of hope <laughs> to have. And uh, keep your eyes on God. And you'll be able to move forward in a great way. So thank you. We'll talk to you next time.